Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. Glad you could be here. Today we are in part two of our study, Women of the Bible, and today we are studying Ruth, the the Old Testament book of Ruth and the person of Ruth. We're going to take a look at her her story and her life and how she ended up uh, being a uh, an ancestor of Jesus and how she ended up being a uh, an Israelite and, and, and uh, a person of importance and and how the uh, the, the book of uh, the book of Ruth has uh, impacted the rest of Scripture. So we will be looking at Ruth today, and I'm really glad that you are with us. So as we study Ruth, when we get to the end. There's going to be several themes that we get to that are big theological and uh, would love to hear your responses to these. Uh, so send me a comment. Let me know uh, what you think about these because these are really big. There's some really deep theological questions that I'd love to hear from you from. Okay, so we're starting the story of Ruth. Ruth is a, a Moabite. Uh, she lives in the country of Moab, which is a natural enemy of Israel. Uh, and so Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law. But before that, Naomi is married and she has two sons and they're living in Israel and there's a famine. And so they move to Moab, where they think they can make a better life for themselves, where they think they can grow crops and, and have a, uh, you know, food to eat and all that kind of thing. And so, so the family moves to Moab, and her husband dies. Her two sons get married, one to Ruth and one to Orpah, uh, and then her two sons die. And so um, it's the three women, the three widows. It's Naomi, it's Ruth, and it's Orpah. The Bible doesn't tell us how the men died. It might be interesting to know how they died, but we don't know how they died. So the three widows are there, and they have to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We have nothing. We have nothing to eat. We have no one to provide for us. We have no one to protect us. So what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Who's going to help us? Who's going to provide for us? And so then Naomi makes the decision, I'm going to return home. I'm going to return back to Israel. I'm going to go back to Bethlehem because I know there that I have family members who will take care of me. Uh, so that's her plan. I'm going to go back uh, to Bethlehem. And so Naomi says to her two daughters-in-law that uh, she said, return back to your people, return back to your mother's house, return back to your father's house, go back to your people and they will take care of you. You do not need to come with me back to Israel. Stay here in Moab. Stay here and be among your people. And, and you know, it, it's fine. It's, it's, important that we lift up and remind you that the Moabite people were traditional enemies of the Israelites. They were constantly at war with each other, um, and the Israelites looked down on the Moabites. They believed that they, uh, the Moabite people came from an act of incest between Lot and his oldest daughter. That's in Genesis chapter 19. And so the whole nation was tainted and inferior, and so they were looked down on. And so Naomi assumes that Rup and Orpah would want to return to Bethlehem, uh, would not want to return to Bethlehem with her, and they'd rather go back to their people, where they were loved and where they would be taken care of. So both of the women decide they're going to go with Naomi back to Bethlehem. And they're on their way back, and Naomi stops them and says, listen, go back to your people. Seriously, go back to your people. And so Orpah decides to return to her people. She turns her back, that says she turns her back on Naomi and she went to her people. But she was willing to go with Naomi and Naomi sent her back. Orpah kind of gets a bad rap because she decided to go back to her people. But Naomi told her to go back to pe her people even though uh, Orpah wanted to go with Naomi. So she returns to her people. And the name Orpah, the Hebrew name actually is like neck, like the back of the neck, uh, that she turned her back and she went back. But But Ruth says no. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. 
So just an interesting side note on Orpa. Orpa, she goes back to live with her people, and it's said later, it's not in the Bible, but tradition says that, like, you know, she was killed by, by King David later and all this stuff. But when Oprah was born, her mother wanted to name her Orpa, uh, and so told them to put Orpa on the birth certificate. And it turns out that they misspelled Orpa, and so that's how you have the name Oprah. Uh, so just an interesting. You know, one of those things, well, maybe it might not be interesting, but it's true. Uh, but I, I always get a get a giggle out of that. I think it's in just an interesting side note. Um, okay, so Ruth and Naomi. Naomi s- tries to send them back, and uh, Orpah goes. Ruth says no. She's clinging, uh, clinging to Naomi, and she makes a famous speech of loyalty. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16. But Ruth said... Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die there. I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. So the two women returned to Bethlehem just in time for the autumn harvest of barley. Now you could say that the true miracle of the story is that the the daughter-in-law chooses to stay with the mother-in-law, right? I mean, right? Okay. So they return just in time for the autumn harvest. So Naomi is looking for a solution, a solution to both their problems. Naomi knows that she has family there that'll help her, but she's looking for a long-term solution. What are we going to do here? Uh, and so she knew that Ruth was was young, she was beautiful, she was respected, and she knew that a rich husband for Ruth would solve all their problems. And so they're looking at people who who could who could be the solution, who could be the solution to to the problem. And so they look and they see well, Boaz. There's this guy there named Boaz. He was uh, available, he was he was well respected, and he was rich, and that helps. Uh, he was also a relative of Naomi's through her husband's family, so he had a legal obligation to help her. Now, just a side note on Boaz. This is where things start to get interesting. Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy uh, of Jesus, you know, the genealogy of Jesus, Matthew chapter 1, one of those things that you see in your Bible and you don't really read very closely, right? Because the genealogies, what do they mean? We don't even know, right? So Matthew chapter 1 says that, there was a woman whose name was Rahab. You might have heard the name Rahab before. In Joshua chapter 2, Rahab lives in Jericho, and she's a prostitute. And the Israelites are going through the promised land, and they're taking over these cities. And, and part of, So they send two spies into Jericho. These two spies end up going to this house of prostitution where they meet Rahab, and Rahab hides the spies and takes care of them. And then says to them, when you come and take Jericho— Please remember me and my family. Please don't, you know, kill us. And so, uh, because she helped the Lord, when the people of Israel took Jericho, they didn't do any harm to Rahab or her family, and Rahab and her family joined the people of Israel. The story goes that Rahab ends up marrying an Israelite named Salmon, spelled just like Salmon. Okay, so they have a son. Their son's name is Boaz. Rahab, a prostitute, a foreign prostitute living in Jericho, helps the spies, ends up becoming one of the Israelites, has a son named Boaz. Okay, so Ruth goes up to Boaz Boaz, and proposes marriage to him. 
And so he says, yes. Yes. Isn't that strange? Ruth proposed to him. Ruth proposed it even 3,000 years ago, right? That's, uh, so Ruth proposes to him and he says, yes. He agreed, but pointed out to her that, that, well, there's someone, there's another man who has a right to take you as his wife based on uh, inheritance, right? Because back then women were property that were part of an estate. And so Boaz goes to square matters with him before he can marry Ruth. Uh, he wants to do everything correctly there were, so that there could be no question about the legality of the marriage. Okay. Ruth and Boaz get married, and she has a son. Her son's name is Obed, O-B-E-D, okay? Obed has a son whose name is Jesse, and Jesse has a son who becomes, who is King David. Ruth, a Moabite woman, a foreign woman, comes to Israel after her husband and her brother her husband and her husband's brother are killed she comes to israel she finds a wealthy man she proposes to him they get married they have a son and their son becomes david's grandfather 28 generations after david there is another man named joseph who is married to mary the mother of jesus this all connects to the story of jesus Ruth, this woman who is a Moabite, who is a Moabite widow, becomes part of Jesus's genealogy. But not just Ruth. If you go back one generation further, you have Rahab. Rahab, who was a prostitute in Jericho, a foreign prostitute, helps the spies, becomes part of Jesus's genealogy. So we have three main themes, three main theological themes to this story. And these are the ones that I would uh, love to get your feedback on. Uh, The first is friendship. The first, Ruth. Ruth was poor and a foreigner, but she listened to the advice of an older, wiser woman, Naomi. In turn, Naomi was rewarded by Ruth's unfaltering loyalty. So the message here is that courage and loyalty and friendship triumph over misfortune courage loyalty and friendship there is there is power in courage and loyalty there is power in saying no i am going to stick with you through the thick and through the thin i am going to be here with you i'm going to be loyal to you our relationship is more important than my comfort than all the other things so big question how have you seen this play out in your life how has friendship helped you through difficult times when no one else has been there have your friends been there and what has their relationship what has their friendship meant to you over the course of your life would love to hear uh, some of your thoughts some of your feedback on this if you're uh, with me live on facebook would love to hear what you have to think if you're listening later on the grace abides podcast send me an email nick at abiding grace dfw org would love to hear your thoughts on that so the first one is friendship the second is family going to going back to what I was talking about the story of Ruth celebrates the family and the way it continues through many generations I mean Ruth a childless widow at the beginning of the story becomes the great grandmother of Israel's great King David 
and an ancestor of Jesus. I mean, imagine imagine that family reunion, right? You have Rahab, you have Ruth, you have I mean, you, and and you have King David. I mean, just the 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 most important people, the most important people in the history, the story of Israel are all there, and so many of them aren't Israelites. They weren't born Israelites. I mean, it's just so powerful. Matthew in his genealogy, Matthew chapter 1, verses 2 through 17, that they list four women as ancestors of Jesus. Rahab is one of them. Ruth is one of them. I mean, our ancestors help shape our lives, shape who we become. I mean, shape where we live, shape so much. I mean, we come into this world. We don't, we don't get to choose where we're born and who we're born to. But by the grace of God and by the courage of my ancestors, I was born in Michigan instead of Italy. Right, my my, they came over in the early 1900s. Came, my I had ancestors come over from Italy. I had ancestors come over from Germany, and and you know if it wasn't for all of them coming over, the people who who met and became married never would have met, and all these things. And, and so you know it's how have your ancestors shaped the story of your life? I mean, if you just sit and think about it, you know, Mister Rogers used to do this thing where he'd say, "Now let's sit in silence for a minute." And think about all the people whose love, love for you, helped you become who you are. And, and I say, yeah, that's that's incredibly important. But not, but just even further to think that the people before them, who whose courage to to leave a place, to to pack everything up and say, you know, I don't know what what we're gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how we're gonna make it. But we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna go, and we're gonna try and find a new and better place to live. Not because, and I know it's going to be hard on me, but my children and their children and their children are going to have a better life because of it. How powerful that is. So, you know, how have your ancestors shaped the story of your life? And, and you know, it could be in a negative way too. It could be in a negative way too. Okay, so then the last, the last theme and possibly the one that we might struggle the most with, the one that we might not know how to answer the theme is God's plan, right? And the story of Naomi's family and the way it endured, is that part of God's plan? Is this God's plan, right? Is the story of Naomi's family, the loss of her husband, the loss of her two sons, Orpah turning back, Ruth coming with her, Ruth meeting Boaz, having a child who ends up to have a child, who ends up having a child who becomes King David. Is this all part of God's plan? Is this part of God's plan? Well, all of us want to say, yeah, what, how awesome is that, right? Such a cool story, except for the two sons who died and the husband who died, right? I mean, we see the good in this. We see the good in this story, and we can say, yeah, that good part was all part of God's plan. We see Ruth, a foreigner from the despised Moabites, participating in God's plan. We see people outside of the Israelite family and tribes being invited into God's plan. And so we say, yeah, that's great. Oh, man, that's that's really awesome. We look back and we say, yeah. But if we say that, then we're also saying God's plan includes difficult parts, like the grief of, of, of losing someone. The grief of losing two sons and a husband. The confusion of what am I going to do now? What are we going to do now? We're all alone and we're in a, you know, there's no one that's going to take care of us. Financial hardship. We we need to figure something out. We need to figure something out or we're not going to have food to eat. We're not going to have a place to live. No, there's going to be no one to protect us, right? 
So that's all part of the story too. So is that all part of God's plan? You know, right now we we all know people going through difficult times. We might be going through difficult times ourselves, and we ask, "Is this part of God's plan?" Because because the good times were like, "Oh man, Lord, I am so grateful for you. Thank you for making this part of your plan for me. Life is good. Life is great." Yeah, but but what about the difficult times? Is that part of God's plan too? Is it part of God's plan that we're all in quarantine right now? Is it part of God's plan that people uh, are sick and in the hospital? Is it part of God's plan that people are grieving, that people are confused, that people are going through financial hardship? Something beautiful might come out of this. I, I, I expect that it will. Something really great might, might come out of this at the end. But right now, there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. And we ask, is this part of God's plan? Is this part of God's plan? If we look at the, the story of Naomi, is this God's plan? Is this part of God's plan? Now, obviously, we can see good things in it. Looking back at it through history, we can say, well, that worked out really well. But I'm sure in those moments, Naomi and Ruth would say, this isn't going well. This isn't going well at all. What are we going to do? What are we going to And in the grief and the confusion and in the hardship, they thought, this is bad. This is really, really bad. So we ask, is this part of God's plan? And if it is, do are we willing to say all the good things that come are part of God's plan and so are all the bad things? Or are we willing to say, you know what? Life happens and God figures out a way in the midst of life happening to bless us, to be with us, to help us get through it and to promise to us that, you know, yes, life happens, but but there's another life that's going to happen, an eternal life. This is not the end. There's something better coming. This is not the end. No, this this was not my plan. This quarantine, this sickness, this death, this financial hardship, this was not my plan. But don't worry. I am going to be with you through it. I am going to continue loving you. I'm going to continue guiding with you, guiding you. I'm going to continue to give you the strength that you need. I will provide for you as I can. And at the end of this, you'll see that I was with you. Maybe, maybe that's what God's plan is. I'm reminded of Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future plans to prosper you and not to harm you. It's hard for me to look at this story and see all those bad things, all the bad things that Ruth, Naomi, and Orpah went through and say, well, that was God's plan. It was part of God's plan. I would rather look at it and say, in those difficult moments, God was with them and God brought them through them and did something amazing in the midst of that. Would love to hear your thoughts. If you're with me on Facebook Live, would love to hear what you're thinking. If you're listening to this later on the Grace Abides podcast, would love to get an email from you. That's nick at abidinggracedfw.org. So uh, we will stop there for today. I uh, thank everybody for uh, spending their uh, part of your morning with me today. Uh, we, uh, that is the story of Ruth, the Old Testament book of Ruth, Ruth and Naomi, and how uh, this very small book of the Old Testament, if, you, if you're looking for a small book of the Old Testament, a book of the Old Testament you can read in 15 minutes, uh, go find Ruth. And, uh, and, but you can see the impact that that has on the rest of Scripture. 
uh, as Ruth becomes, uh, you know, the great grandmother of David, and then eventually uh, Joseph uh, is one of their descendants who becomes the uh, father of Jesus. So hope you all have a wonderful day. Take good care of yourselves and praying for you, uh, and uh, hope to see you all very soon when it's safe. God bless each and every one of you.